This Kendra is where they make their mark. This is the time where you've got to turn the table. You've got to take advantage and ride this wave in this momentum. Look out! Hello there and welcome to the Behind the Loon podcast, perhaps the final one before Adrian Heath takes Minnesota United to Orlando for the MLS is back tournament. Excitement all around Minnesota United, no doubts. Callum Williams here alongside someone who I know is very excited indeed, Kendra D. St. Aubin. Can't wait to have live football back. Um, perhaps the only other person who would be even more excited though is the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Gaffer, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, Cal, yeah. I was uh, I was trying to work out your text, telling me that the timing of it would be that we could watch the Premier League game, and now here I am, halfway through the first half, starting the podcast. So maybe there was uh, a little bit of something in, missing there in the uh, in the timing of this. But hey, it is only Liverpool, so uh, I'm not too bothered. Yeah, that's I will take full responsibility of messing the times up. The intention here was to be done so we could watch Liverpool essentially win the Premier League. But I yeah. saw it was Eastern time zone that I was looking at. So that's my yeah. fault. I completely, completely own up to that. I'll, uh, well, I've got to be I'll... honest, Cal. Anything that stops me watching Liverpool win the title would be good by me. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, I don't think so at all. Um, anyway, right, we, we've got lots of football to talk about. Uh, but mm-hmm. first, Gaffer, obviously uh, the world is very, very different since the last time we spoke. I think we last spoke perhaps in March, maybe. Um, it's mm-hmm. been a long time. Um, COVID-19, obviously, at the epicentre of, of the world at the moment. How have things been with you over the, the last few months? It's been good. I think like most people that we've, you know, I think in the beginning... Everybody was sort of, well, how long is this going to last? And I think it surprised us how long it's been going on for. But I think everybody's done a a really good job, especially within the club. You know, the players have been exemplary in everything that we've asked of them. So they've come back and they've been in good shape. But, you know, I think like everybody, we're ready now to uh, get back to some sort of normalcy, I, I hope. Well, and today with the announcement of the actual schedule, so you guys know exactly yeah. when you'll be playing your games, you knew your groups. What has the lead up been like? You know, you've mentioned it. The first week, you're kind of wondering how long is this going to last? But then you're trying to, to fill the guy's time, keep them yeah. engaged, and then you get back to the physical contact and then this individual training. How much of a, a learning curve has that been for you guys as a staff? Also, you know, as, as much as it has been maybe with the players. I, I think the biggest problem... Kendra has been when you don't know when it's starting, you don't know how much to do with the players because you don't want to try and peak too early. Is it going to be a four-week preseason? Is it going to be an eight-week? So you're trying to keep them occupied. You try to keep them engaged. I have to say, as I said, the, the players have been terrific. Um, I was I was glad to see the back of individual training because I've been doing this a long time and coming up for training sessions with a ball and four cones and a, a rebound board every day is not the most ideal preparation. But, the, you know, the players, as I said, have been terrific. Um, the group training, I felt, was very, very good. But, you know, it's, it's just so nice to get the group back together again without the masks on and, you know, playing with each other, getting, you know, 9v9s, 10v10s. So, yeah, it's been uh, – they've certainly enjoyed the last uh, couple of weeks that we've been able to get some what I think people would class as proper work in. Plenty of football to talk about, which we'll get to shortly, Gaffer. But one thing I've got to ask you about 
is uh, obviously um, away from COVID, there has been uh, a lot of talk and, and a lot of uh, movement, and quite rightly so, um, with regards to the, the Black Lives Matter movement. It's gone not only across the country, but across the globe. Um, I think it's safe to say Minnesota United, uh, very proud of the movements. What have you made of everything? Proud of, proud of the club, um, incredibly proud of the players. I know how active they were in, in all of this. And, you know, we didn't have to prompt them. They were very much at the forefront of everything that was going on. Um, like everybody, I think it's given us all a moment to reflect. I know the first thing that came through to me was, you know, maybe this is a time to listen, maybe to learn and act in the appropriate manner. Um, as I've said to our black players, I don't know what it's like. None of us have ever walked a day in their shoes to know the sort of things they have to go through. But I'm just so optimistic, and I don't know why, Kel, because, you know, the black people I know have said, well, maybe we just hope this isn't a full storm. But I don't know. It just seems a bit different this time. I think the magnitude of the response, not just in America, but around the world, has been incredible. I think it's a positive. I hope everybody learns the lesson. I hope we listen and learn and act on what we are being told, because if we do, the world will be a better place for this generation, but more importantly for the future generations coming through, that they don't have to go through anything like we've just been witnessing over the last few months. Yeah, um, comments would indeed be echoed by just about everybody at Minnesota United. Black Lives Matter, simple, no debate. Let's get to a subject that is um, often full of debate, and that is the game that we love, football, and, and its imminent return. Before we talk about the tournament, Gaffer, you spoke briefly about training and the difficulties you've had and the adaptation period you've had, getting the players back into the swing of things. How much of a relief was it when you could get back into full training and full contact and actually see what you had in front of you? Well, it, it, was, it was important to get the group back together for, for everything, for the camaraderie, for the harmony of the group and trying to get everybody back on the same page. You know, we had a great start. You know, when, when the fixture list came out, we, we all raised our eyebrows and thought away at Portland, then away, away at San Jose. And, you know, to, to play the way we did, to get the six points, to score the eight goals was a, a great achievement for everybody concerned. The, 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 the trick for us now is to try and keep that momentum going and hit the ground running. Whilst we've not had, you know, the, the, the full schedule through of when that might start, when would that be? Now we know where we are. Now we've got a situation where I think we've got 18 days before our opening game against Kansas. We can actually now start to really define what we are with the ball, without the ball, in their moments of transition. Try and sharpen the players up. There's one area I think that we are just a little bit behind at this moment from, from when we finished is we don't look quite as sharp. The, the guys are in great physical condition, but there's nothing like games that give you that extra little sharpness. You know, we've all played, and no matter what I can do, what the fitness trainers do, there's nothing like the cut and thrust of a 90-minute game, 11 v 11, when there's points at stake. So, you know, now we know when we play, know what time we play, and we can actually now to start to try and pinpoint one or two of the areas where we, we think we're a little bit short. 
How much of a challenge has it been knowing that you basically spent not just the last entire offseason, but really the past three years building to this team, to this roster, to play a 34-game regular mm-hmm. season? And now you're going looking at this roster, thank goodness for the depth, but how do we play in this tournament? And then how do we succeed in whatever regular season remains and, and comes to fruition after that tournament? How do you feel this roster is best suited for the current scenario? Well, I think we've got more depth, which I think is going to be important, certainly when we go down to Orlando. You, you've seen it now in the Premier League and the Bundesliga and the, the Serie A and La Liga, lots of subs. We've got an opportunity to change the team more during games, water breaks. This will help, but I just think that the depth of your squad is going to be tested probably like never before. We bought 11 players quietly in in the off-season, and the one thing I said the great thing about the 11 players that we bought in, they can all play in the first team. They've played in this league. They know what it's about. They know what's expected of the league. They know what's expected with the travel. You know, suddenly you go into Houston and it's 110. Then you go to Salt Lake City and it's the altitude. These, the guys have been through it. So that's going to be a big plus for us. I actually think that the, you know, strength and conditioning, the sports science piece this year it's probably going to be more to the fore than it's ever been in, ter- in terms of keeping everybody available for selection because I think that's going to be a, a big, big thing this year. So talk us through the opponents then, Gaffer. July 12th, 7pm Central. We start with Sporting Kansas City. July 17th, mm-hmm. 9.30 Central against Real Salt Lake. And then they finish the group tournament in Minnesota against Colorado Rapids. Again, 9.30 at Central on July 22nd. How do you begin to prepare for those particular opponents now? Well, two of them have got maximum points. You know, Colorado went back to back for the first time in a long, long time. You you don't need me to tell you what my thoughts of Kansas are. You know, I've got great admiration for them as a club and the coaching staff. I think they do a great job. They went and spent big in the off-season. You know, they're probably the most they've ever spent. And especially with the centre forward Polito, I think they paid nine million for him plus the salary. So they've 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 gone all in, and um, I think that I've in the break with the COVID break, the one thing that it did it gave me an opportunity to watch every game that had been played because we certainly had some time on our hands, and I had plenty of time to watch everybody. And certainly, I thought that along with ourselves, the most impressive team was Sporting. You know, I thought that opening day performance away in Vancouver was outstanding, exceptional. So we always know it's going to be tough against them. We know what to expect. Their shape, 4-3-3. They'll get the white guys in. You know, they get the fullbacks nice and high and play with a lot of energy. Salt Lake, it is what it is. We know what's coming with them. They've got a very defined way of playing. And obviously, Colorado, new coach, has finished the season very well. They've kept that group together. So, you know, as I said, two of them teams have, have got maximum points. So it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be an easy group. How different do you look at it, though? Maybe how you thought of a team going into the regular season is not the same way you look at them necessarily for this tournament because of the format, because of the substitutions, because everybody's coming in in the same boat where they are going to be a little less sharp. Do you look at it any different? Is there a different kind of team that might have success in this tournament that maybe was at the bottom, you know, maybe for your regular season prediction? Yeah, I don't know how it's going to affect the, the, the performances, Kendra, but the one thing I do know is 
certain teams are going to be more prepared than others. Certain teams have had longer doing bigger group training. And I think of the one area that was probably the, the most, the, the, the area which would give teams the most um, advantage was the teams that got together at group training earlier than others. Kansas were one of them. I think they were maybe even the first team that got back to group training. So we'll have to wait and see, you know, but uh, I think it's going to be, it's something new for us all, you know, the start times and, you know, playing the games in such short period, playing in this, we all know that the next three games are going to be in Orlando with probably 90 degree heat, maybe a hundred, depending on what time you kick off. Um, bags of humidity. But as I said to the players, we've spoke about it. It's going to be the same for every one of us. You know, we don't use it as an excuse. We make sure that we get ourselves well-prepared, which we will be. And then we have to go and try and carry on where we left off. There's a, a certain seduction about live football again. And mm. competitive live football, I think, um, would, would be the word with emphasis behind it, competitive. How important was that, Gaffer? Because I know there, was, there were several players around the league who were happy to play in a tournament. But the question was always... We want to play for something. We can't just play meaningless tournaments and exhibition tournaments. Well, I think the league have done a good job of managing both the expectations of the players. Obviously, the, the, the group stages become representative of the league, so they are important. And then you've got the added bonus if you do get through of maybe a Champions League spot. You know, I think there's a million dollars in prize money that's going to be available later in the tournament as well. So there's plenty to play for. But more importantly, you know, we've had a good start, but we need to we need to carry on now. And I think that, you know, the one thing that's going to be interesting for me, Cal, is you've seen the results around Europe. Home, home advantage has sort of gone out the window a little bit. You know, certainly in certain countries where most of the teams are winning away from home. Teams that generally have more possession are having less possession than they normally do at home because, you know, no crowd, etc. The fact that nobody, even Orlando, are not you know not at home as such, that will be an interesting thing for me to see how how the games unfold. Do you expect? Um, you, you mentioned some of the teams that you thought would fare better because of the amount of training they've had. Do you expect the approach to be uh, fairly reserved and, and have plenty of possession and sit back a little bit, or is there something a little bit different on the cards? Well, I think certain teams want to take the game. Kansas will want to take the game to us, I guarantee you that, because that's their nature. That's, their, that's what Peter, Peter's built there. That's what, you know, you know, that's their mantra there. Play on the front foot, get teams on the back foot. All the conditions going to make a big difference. You know, I've, I've played in over 100 degree heat at nine o'clock in Orlando over the years. That has an effect. You can't be high press, the game opening up, people pressing when in them conditions. So there's, a, there's quite a few things that will play into the game. Or ultimately, I think it will be the first. It's like it's like a World Cup. That first game will be a bit cagey, I think. But once everybody's got the opening the opening game out of the way, I think then you will see the games to start to flow a little bit more. Do you think, um, based on the heat, that some of the teams that are currently training in hotter climates will have an advantage, or do you think it's just going to all shake out? And it's just, I just feel like there's so many unknowns right now. Nobody too we determines with how guys are going to yeah. come back in and what teams have been doing to prepare. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that if you are used to it, that like searing heat and you're training it, I don't think you ever get to the stage where you go, oh, it's easy now for us. It, trust me, I mean, that's six and a half years in Orlando. You never think it's easy when you run out and it's like 95 degrees. But 
it does put my I think psychologically in your mind you are more mentally prepared because you you've been used to it you've seen it you know what's coming I think that's the most important thing but I think that's a frame of mind we have to make sure that the players don't use it as an excuse you know there's a famous line the heat's make the heat makes cowards of us all now it does if we if, if you want it to you know at the end of the day it's going to be 11 v 11 45 minutes same size pitch as we used to let's get on with it so you mentioned earlier on Gaffer you you've now had a a decent opportunity to see what you have available to you and what state the players are in. Who's really impressed you since coming back into full team training? Well, the, firstly, I think the uh, sports science department and, you know, Adam and, and Stacey and them did a really good job. They, you know, as I said, the, the hard part for them was deciding how much to work to give them in the early stages, not knowing when the end was going to come. So, they did a really good job of that. Most of the players really looked after themselves. And most of them have done really, really well, I think. You know, I'm really happy with the group. There's not one player that I've thought still looks a little bit sluggish. They've all looked after themselves. Their body fats are, you know, probably better than some of them were before. And so they've obviously looked after what they've been eating and looked after themselves. Obviously, I think the fact that none of us have been able to go out has probably helped some of that, the fact that we've been stuck indoors for so long. But uh, no, they've been good. But the last week, the training has got a lot better and people like Luis Amaria looks like he's going to score every time he steps onto the grass. Um, his relationship with Kevin Molino has been very, very good. Robin Lode came back in great shape. And so I've been really quite pleased with our offensive players. You know, Ethan Finley, they've all looked sharp. Is it kind of like being a little kid in a candy store again with you guys um, getting back to games? I mean, in this tournament tournament format, I feel like you guys are just going to be chomping at the bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's one of them things that you, I, I always said, if there's one thing that I want the players to realize through this COVID situation is how fortunate we are to have the job that we have. If there's one thing that I've missed, it's been just getting up in the morning and going, working, playing football and working with football players. We're very, very lucky and I, I don't want them to ever forget that and I want them to appreciate what they have. And if they do, we're going to be fine. What about Gaffer from a, a psychological point of view down in Orlando? To our understanding, nobody's going to be allowed to go out. It's going to be tough at times, stuck in a hotel. Well, knowing football players the way I do, you know, the security in the hotel will have to be good because... Keeping, was it, 1,500 players cooped up for maybe four or five weeks is not going to be easy. Um, but I think if we look at the current situation down in Orlando, you know, we've got to make sure that the players adhere to the rules. We've spoke about it. It's going to be tight. There's not going to be a lot of leeway, not a lot of freedom. You know, you're pretty much going to be on your own floor for most of the time. They've done a lot of work within the hotel in terms of putting games room on, whether that be table tennis, whether it be Xbox, whatever they want to play. So most of the, the floors have got that on and they're catering for the players. Um, and there's a little bit of stuff that you can do in and around the hotel. But the, the, if anybody thought this might be, you know, a nice little few weeks away where you can uh, maybe enjoy, shall we say, uh, the activities of Orlando, I think they're going to be sorely surprised and sorely disappointed. I did hear someone ask Robin Frazier if maybe a small-sided coaches game, a, a mini tournament on the side might might be in the works once you guys get down there. I mean, 
Could we we fancy that uh, your your participation? I, I I would enjoy it. I'd have to play in a position where there's not an awful lot of running these days, Kendra. But uh, I'm sure that with all the coaches there, we could probably get two decent teams together actually for that. Someone suggested maybe soccer tennis to save save the legs a little bit. Soccer tennis, I'm in. Can't pencil me <laughs> in, you know. You know, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I still. I can still move enough as soccer tennis, and uh, I'm still, uh, shall we say, very competitive at that game. I was going to say anything to avoid having to go next to Peter Vermees and have him man mark you. No chance. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's keep it to the technique. I think I've got more of that than Peter, shall we say. I'm interested to know you from from your point of view personally. What are you most excited about before we head down to Orlando? Just the thought that we're all back together again and the game's getting back to some normalcy. I, I hope everybody, you know, if you look at what's gone on in Europe, most of them, you know, have, what, one, I think the Premier League had one case of COVID after the first two games. So obviously that's, that's a positive. And anything for Mikel that gets us back playing the game and hopefully gets us back in our stadium. You know, the one thing I'm really looking forward to is yeah, I want to get back playing against other MLS teams. I want to play in our stadium. And if our supporters can't be there, well, they can't be there. But let's let's get back to home and away where you're playing in, in your own stadium. And uh, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to because we went and trained there last Saturday and the buzz within the group with the players, you know, we're at the end, we're having to take the balls off the field because they just want to stay out there. And, you know, I know we had a few complaints last year or the year before about the field. The field is in absolutely magnificent condition and uh, it makes you realise when you get in that stadium what a special place we've got to play. So they are the things that I'm really looking forward to getting back to. And just finally, Gaffer, down in Orlando, what is a good tournament for Minnesota United? Well, we have gone past the days of, you know, we can win. That's the bottom line, we can. You know, we've got nothing to fear. We've proved that over the last year or so. We can play anybody toe-to-toe. Um, obviously, getting out of the group and then it's like a cup competition. Anything can happen. So we're going to go there with a positive mindset. You know, we, we, as much as I'm sure that one or two of the players look at it and go, if you go all the way, you can be there for five, six weeks. Let's hope we're there for five or six weeks because that means we've gone all the way. Wonderful. Uh, our thanks to Adrian Heath, the head coach of Minnesota United. As always, thanks to Kindred East St. Norman and to you for listening at home. For all the latest on Minnesota United as they head down to Orlando for the MLS is Back tournament, keep it right here on MNUFC.com. While team sports may be sidelined right now, team spirit is going strong. Alina Health and Minnesota United have teamed up to support the frontline caregivers at Alina Health. Learn how you can help by visiting alinahealth.org forward slash caring for caregivers.